Welcome to the perfect place for imperfect people. This is the Local Church Podcast, and we hope this message both challenges and encourages you. Here's today's message. Today we're continuing to talk about this life after death. And I want to let you know that heaven is amazing. Amen? Had a force out of you. Heaven is amazing. Ah, uh, you still, still, still not as good as the 930. And it's okay, listen, here's why. Because I, I think a lot of us, we're not as excited about life after death. We're not as excited about heaven because we're here on earth. And while we're here, we get a faulty image of what eternity is going to look like. Like from Hollywood, we get these images that heaven's going to be this bright white place where we're all angels and we're playing instruments. And I don't know about you, but it sounds a little bit like hell to me. Like, I can't think of a more boring thing to spend my eternity than to be in a, a, a colorless place wearing diapers playing a harp. Like, that, that doesn't sound like heaven. So today, we're going to talk about what heaven is really like. So we're going to talk about a lot today. I want you to open up your Bibles, open up your apps. If you don't have the app download, I encourage you to do so. Go to your app store, look for the local church. We're going to talk through a lot of scripture, and we have a lot of points for us as we answer four questions about heaven. Today, we're going to talk about a lot. I want to answer four questions about heaven. Can we jump in this? All right, first question. What is heaven? What is heaven? And the Bible talks a lot about this, and we, we spoke on it last week and the week before. Heaven is an actual place, right? It, it's not a state of consciousness. It's not nirvana. It's an actual place, the Bible alludes that there are streets and that there are homes, that there is water. In fact, in a lot of passages, the Bible alludes that there are animals in heaven. Any animal lovers here? Come on. There's some animals in heaven. There's ducks that you can feed and donkeys that you can ride and dogs that you can play fetch with. Now, cats? Not too sure about cats. I think they're from the devil. We'll find out. We'll find out. I'm not sure about them, though. But there are animals in heaven. In John 14, 2, Jesus says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare, say prepare, to prepare a place for you. If heaven were just a state of consciousness, there wouldn't need to be any rooms. But it's a real place. And it's a prepared place that's been prepared for who? For us been prepared for us. Matthew 25, 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared. Prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Heaven was prepared for you. When God started thinking about earth, he was also thinking about heaven. Why? Because this is not supposed to be our forever home. Earth is not our home forever. There is more to, to living than just what happens here on this planet and in this life. In fact, if there's one thing that you understand today, my prayer is that you would get that, that life is more than just the here and now. In fact, I titled today's teaching, More to Life Than This Life. I want you to know and to understand that there is more to life than just the life that we're living. There's heaven, there's eternity, there's life after death. First Peter 1, 4, it says, and we have a priceless, what? 
inheritance, that something that our Father has set aside is preparing for us. We have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. In Matthew chapter 6, it talks about that this inheritance that we will receive in heaven is, 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 a, is something that, that moth cannot destroy, that rust cannot destroy, and that thieves cannot steal from us. This inheritance that we get forever is heaven. So what is heaven? Write this down. Heaven is an eternal home that God is preparing for his family. That's what heaven is. It's an eternal home. It's a forever living place that God is preparing for those of us who are his family. Those of us who placed our trust in Jesus. It's the home that he's preparing for us. Hebrews 13, 14. I told you there's going to be a lot of scripture today. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home that is yet to come. This isn't our permanent home. That means that apartment you live in that you pay way too much rent for, that's not your home. Amen? That association that you pay dues to, that's not your home. Amen? And as much as I love living in this country, America is not my home. Turn to someone next to you. Tell them, this is all good, but God has something better for me. That is heaven. Heaven is this home that God is preparing for those of us who know him and love him and follow Jesus. So the second question, and this is a question that a lot of us want detailed answers to. What is heaven like? When we think of heaven, what is it like? We need answers to this because we, we've, we've been given a lot of information. We've read a lot of books about what heaven is like. There's been a lot of national bestsellers of people who claim to have gone to heaven and now they're reporting back to us. And I'm not saying they're liars. I'm just saying that they don't really know. They can't really know. Because the Bible says that it's a mystery. And part of the reason why it's a mystery is because we don't have the mental capacity to fully understand something that we've never seen, something that is out of this world. Job eleven seven it says, can you solve the mysteries of God? Can you discover everything about the Almighty? Such knowledge is higher than the heavens. And, and who are you? Can you know everything about God? Who are you? Well, I am but dust. Not but dust, but but dust. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm flesh and blood. It's deeper than the underworld. And what do you know? You may have been valedictorian, but you don't know everything there is to know about the Almighty God. It's broader than the earth and wider than the sea. There are just some experiences in this life that are indescribable. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like when I saw my wife walking down the aisle on her wedding day, the emotion that filled my heart was overwhelming. When I held my son for the very first time, I, I could not describe how I had so much love for another human being that I did not think was possible. It was an indescribable feeling that came upon me. Several years ago, one of my closest friends and I, we went to the highest rated restaurant in North America. 
And th- this was like a bucket list thing. And so he's a pastor, and he, he got a, a second job driving for Uber, and I did some side design work so we could save up money to eat at this restaurant. We got the impossible reservation. We flew up to Northern California, and we sit at the highest-rated restaurant in America for the past 15 years. And when we sit down, the first course they bring to us is warm tapioca with a cold oyster on top. And I'm like, what is this? What in the, what? We spent all this money on, on this? And then I ate it. And my what is this became, what is this? I've never had anything as delicious as this before. Who would have thought tapioca and oysters went together? And then course after course after course, it's blowing our minds. Like my friend, he's a big guy. He's bigger than me. He's, he's manly. He's muscular. And when the bread course came, I'm not making this up, he started to cry. I looked at him. I was like, is that a tear? I'm, I'm not making this up. Is that a tear coming down your face? He's like, try it. It's so good. And so I eat the bread. I'm like, oh, you're right. It's like heaven. It's so good. Now, listen, I could tell you everything that I ate. I could, I, I could share with you the details of what I experienced. But to explain how it made me feel, to explain and describe how good it was, I don't have the words to say. All the poetry, all the music, all the art about the life after death, about eternity does not do it justice because it's not something that we can fully comprehend, that we can fully understand. But the Bible does give us information about it. Although there's nothing on earth that we can compare it to, the Bible does give us some details. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has, again, prepared for those who love him. So I'm going to do my best, but our minds and my words can't do it enough justice. So I'm going to talk about four things that the Bible says is not in heaven, and then I want to describe four things that the Bible says is in heaven. You guys ready with your notes? Yes? What's not in heaven? The first thing I want you to write this down. Sickness. There's no sickness in heaven. 1 Corinthians 15:40, there are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. And the glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. Verse 43, our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, in arthritis, in pain, but they will be raised in strength. There's no sickness in heaven. And part of the reason why there's no sickness in heaven is because we have perfect bodies, right? Anyone want a perfect body? Now, I want to explain, okay? This is not according to our standards of perfection here on earth. When I say a perfect body, when God's word says a perfect body, it's not talking about, you know, you're fit and you're slim and you have a chiseled jawline. Vidal Sassoon hair that's flowing in the wind every time. My wife, she's asked me for many years. She said, for my birthday, her birthday's in a few weeks. She says, for my birthday, can you just get in shape? Can you please just get in shape? I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, love, if God wanted me to have six-packs and and, and bulging biceps, he would have created me that way, okay? I'm perfect just the way I am, okay? (laughs) All the men with dad bods said, amen. 
This is why I wear jackets. This is why I'm wearing this jacket. We're talking about heaven. I wanted to dress a little bit heavenly today. So some of you are like, what is he wearing? <laughs> That's not perfection, okay? You, you want to know what a perfect body is? 1 Corinthians 59 says, just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, Adam, who was but dust made of dust, we shall also bear the image, we shall also look in appearance of the man of heaven. That's talking about Jesus. So that body that Jesus had after he died and resurrected, that was a resurrected, perfect body. That's an example of the body that we're going to have. So what are some things about this body? I'm not sure if you're aware of this. It's pretty cool, actually. When Jesus came back from the dead, he walked into rooms by walking through the doors and walking through walls. It's in the Bible. Look for it. So it's like, all the, any Trekkies here? Any Trekkies in the place? Like, it's like dematerializing and showing up. So it's, it's pretty cool, right? And then we also see that, that Jesus, he ate with this body. So all the food he said, amen, right? We're, we're going to eat. We're going to eat with this body. But here's the thing. We're not going to eat because we're hungry, because that's weakness. We're going to eat for our pleasure. Oh, I can't wait to eat in heaven. Our stomachs are never going to growl. I don't know if there's Taco Bell in heaven, okay? But if there is, there's no indigestion. There's no need to pregame Taco Bell with Pepto-Bismol. Do you know what I'm talking about? We get to eat just for pleasure because we will have no need in our bodies because we will have a perfect body. So in heaven, there is no sickness. There is no weakness. There is no aches. There is no pain in our bodies. There is no sickness in heaven. Amen? You excited for that? I'm so excited. Like, oh, my back, the, my, my neck and my back. Like, none of that in heaven. Second thing that will not be in heaven, write this down, sadness. There's no sadness in heaven. I love this passage in Revelation 21. It says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. That old way of living, that old life is gone. Behold, we, we are perfect and in a perfect place now. Your tears, your pain, God knows, God sees, God cares about your cares. But he promises us that in heaven we won't have any more sadness. There's going to be no more loneliness, no more broken hearts, no more sorrow. There will not be a split second in eternity in heaven where we'll have sadness or grief or depression. No sadness there. And practically for some of us today, we've had some loved ones, some friends who have gone before, who have passed away, and, and we feel that they are disappointed. We have sadness and sorrow right now because we feel they're disappointed in us. Because we didn't do some of the things that we should have or we got in a fight with them before they passed away and said some things or didn't say the things that we wanted to say to them. And we feel like right now they're in heaven and they're disappointed in us. Can I tell you something that will set you free? It doesn't matter to them. They're not, they're not disappointed in you because they have everything they'll ever need. They're in the perfect presence of God. And guess what? When we get there, there's going to be no sadness for us as well. They're going to see us. They're going to embrace us. And we're going to be in the perfect presence of God and have everything we need. There is no sadness in heaven. Amen? 
Another thing that's not going to be in heaven. Suffering. No more suffering. Revelation 7.16, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. Listen, when we look at the world around us and the suffering that is occurring, people with no shelter, with no food, with no water, we, we, we see all of this suffering and we wish we could do something. We wish it would end. Now, with this suffering from Hurricane Ian, we're going to do something about it. Amen. We're going to be generous, we're going to love, we're going to serve, we're going to pray, we're going to donate, we're, we're going to use our time to, to help the suffering of some people in, in West Florida. But as a whole, you, you look at the news and you look at history and you see all these people in, in impoverished countries and we wonder, why will there ever be an end to this? God promises us in eternity, in heaven, in our forever home, that there will be no more suffering. There will be no more disability, no more depression, no more weariness, no more death, no more poverty. Again, because every one of our needs will be forever satisfied. The fourth thing that we're not going to have in heaven, I want you to write this down. It's sin. There is no sin in heaven. Jude 124 it says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless, say blameless, to keep you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Listen, all of us, we've sinned, we've talked about this. There's a perfect place for imperfect people. We can be honest, but we're imperfect. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's standard of perfection, right? Any imperfect people here? Where are my sinners at? Raise your hand. Should be every single one of us. All of us, we've made mistakes. We are imperfect, but heaven is perfect. So how can God allow imperfect people in this perfect place forever without us messing it up? That's why Jesus came. That's what Jesus came to do. He so loved us that he saw our need. He lived for us. He paid the price that we deserved for our sin for our rebellion, for doing our own thing, for breaking God's law, and he died for that. Then he rose again because he was the perfect son of God. And he exchanged our imperfect life for his forever life, for his eternal life. So now when God sees us, because Jesus says, I'm going to be the one who's going to pay their debt. I love them so much. What is owed? Doesn't matter. I, I'm, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to pay the price. I'm going I'm to pay the penalty. When God looks at us, now we're blameless. When God looks at us, he, he doesn't see our past sin. He sees the blood of Jesus that has washed us. He sees the name of Jesus written on our hearts. He sees that we are blameless. And that's what it's going to be in heaven. No more sin because we have been set free. Imagine what, what, what an eternity without sin would look like. An eternity without anger, without Judgment, an eternity without comparison, without envy. I mean, could you imagine that? That's perfection. You're going to scroll through social media and not be like, God, oh, man, look at that. Oh, they got that new thing and their wife. Oh, it's all those. No, you're, you're going to be scrolling through, forgetting the filter and saying, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're not going to compare ourselves with other people because we are going to be perfect. See, right now we're imperfect people, but there will be a day in eternity that we are perfected because there is no sin in heaven. 
And get this. Even though there's no sin and we'll have no desire to sin because we have everything we need, you'll still be you. We'll have Christ's character, but you'll still have your personality. You'll still be you, but just with no desire to sin because we have everything that we need in him. In fact, some of you, you're going to be far more easy to get along with in heaven. Amen? With no sense. Like, why do you do that? Why do you trigger me all the time? In heaven, they're going to be easier to live with. Don't point to them if they're here. I see some of you guys nudging. Don't do that. So those are the things that we won't find in heaven. What will we, what will we, we what, what, what will we find in heaven? That was a tongue twister. Those are the things we won't find in heaven, but what will we experience in heaven? What will we find? That, I can't say that. I'm just going to read it. What's in heaven? First thing, I want you to write this down. What's in heaven? Rewards. Rewards? Yeah, rewards. For what? Literally everything. The Bible says that God is watching us. He's watching our faithfulness. And he will reward everything that we do for him while we are here. The Bible says that he rewards the good works that we do the good decisions that we make. He rewards the thoughts that we have that, that, that are positive and, and to, 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 to bless somebody else. The Bible says that he rewards our persistence and our perseverance in not giving up when we feel like, you know what, I, I can't go through this any longer. The Bible says he rewards our prayers. He rewards our sacrifice. He rewards our serving. He rewards our generosity. The Bible even says that he rewards us when we love our enemies. Over and over and over again, the Bible says that, that God sees what we do and he will reward us based on that. You know what else we're going to be rewarded for? Bringing people to heaven with us. We get a crown for that. We get a badge of honor. I pray that all of us get that reward. Is anyone going to be in heaven because of you? Is anyone going to be in heaven and have the hope of life in Jesus because you were bold to say Jesus loves you and so do I? Because you were bold to simply say, will you come to church with me? I want to sit by you. Will you have that reward in heaven? You know, last week, 18 people surrendered their life to Jesus here through the local church. And those people have a new eternity because someone invited them. Great is that reward. I pray that we have that reward. We're rewarded for everything that we do. Now, I want to make this clear. This, this has nothing to do with our salvation, okay? This is not, I do all this good and, and I share my faith so that I can be good enough to get to heaven. We've talked about this enough. There's no amount of good that we can do to get ourselves to heaven because none of us are perfect and on this earth none of us will ever be perfect and God's standard is perfection. So it's not I do all of this good so I can be good with God but because God has made us good through his son Jesus because he has set us free. Now that we are free in Jesus, now we are rewarded for all the good things we do through Jesus and for Jesus. Do you understand that? Everything we do will be rewarded. Be assured of that. He doesn't miss a single thing that we do for him. Now, we may miss that. You know, church our size, sometimes we don't see everything that everyone is doing. But be assured that God sees, God cares, 
And God is keeping record of it all. And I think of all the serve team members over in Kid Street right now who are loving our kids and giving them Pepperidge Farm goldfish and wiping their snot and changing their diaper and celebrating with them in Kid Street so we can worship here. God is saying, he kicked you in the shin? I'm going to write that down. Man, you get a reward for that. So good. You know, for people who, who serve out in the hot sun to make sure we have a parking space or to feed other people, every area of service God sees and he rewards. You know, for your personal life also. All the prayers you've been praying for your family faithfully over the years that you think no one knows about, God knows about it. Not only will he answer, but he'll also reward you for that. All, all the service, caring for that person who can't pay you back, maybe doesn't even know what you're doing for them, God knows, and God will reward you. All the ways that you've sacrificed in church and for people in church, and you think, man, they didn't even say thank you. God noticed. God knows, and God will reward everything we do. Matthew 10, 42, it says, listen to this. Whoever gives one of these little ones even a cold cup of water because he is his disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Something as small and seemingly insignificant as just giving a cup of cold water to somebody, God's saying, you will have your rewards. Luke 6.35. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. Love, serve, be generous, and your reward, say it with me, will be great. It'll be great. But here's the thing. You have to decide where you want your reward. If you want it here, you can have it here. You can have the influence. You can use all of your resources to get everything that you've ever wanted here in this life. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having money and, and using this money to, to buy and enjoy nice things. You can enjoy it, but you're going to enjoy it only in this life. How long is that? But if we store for ourselves treasures in heaven, if we build up for ourselves rewards in heaven, how long do we get to experience that? Forever. Never ending. You don't need to upgrade to the new iPhone because Android is from the devil as well. You don't need to upgrade in heaven. It's an apple. It's biblical. <laughs> like the people of Israel, your shoes will never wear out. Your home will never get boring. It is for forever. It's just a matter of perspective. I want you to understand there's more to life than this life. There's eternal life, and there will be rewards in heaven. Second thing that will be in heaven, write this down, responsibilities. Some of the young people are like, nope, I get enough of those at home. Got my chore list. Responsibilities, yes, responsibilities. See, a lot of people think, you know, heaven's going to be boring because I'm going to have nothing to do. No, God doesn't just have a purpose for you here on earth. He has a purpose for you for eternity. And every single one of us will have specific responsibilities in heaven. Here's the catch, though. You'll enjoy doing them. It's not God's going to force you and make you believe, oh, this is fun. I'm the one shoveling all the manure. No, you're going to enjoy what you do. You ever, you ever played that game? Like if, if, if I could do anything, I would do that. I would even do that for free because I enjoy doing that. That's what it's going to be like in heaven. Like take me for example. 
I love being a pastor here at the local church. I love seeing life transformation. I love seeing when people are connected. I love so many aspects of this calling and this job. But there are a few things that I dislike about it. There are some things I'd much rather not do because they're not the way that God shaped me. They're not things that get me excited. Things like meetings. Sorry, team. I don't like meetings and I don't like emails. Felicia, she makes sure that every Thursday that I respond to emails. I have so many. Can you just respond to them? I hate emails. I would much rather stick my hand in a blender than to look at a spreadsheet. It's like, spreadsheet. And some of you, you like that stuff. You know what? You're going to be responsible over that in heaven. You can give all, all the TPS reports to Jesus that your heart desires because there will be no heartache in our responsibilities in heaven. Amen? We will do what we've, we've been designed, what we love doing. Well, what determines what we do there? How faithful we've been with what God has given us here. What we do there for eternity is based on how faithful we've been here with what God has given us. And, and that's not my words. That's Jesus. Luke 16.10. He says, one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you to true riches? If you have not been faithful with what God has given you here on earth, then who will trust you with more in the life after death? See, it's, it, it's again a matter of perspective. Am I going to store up for myself here or am I going to store up for myself there? And how do I store up treasures in heaven? While I'm here, I invest my time, my talent, my treasures in those who are going there while I'm here. There's going to be responsibilities in heaven. Is this good? Do you understand this? Third thing, what's in heaven? Say this with me. Say rejoicing. There's gonna, say it like you're rejoicing, people. Come on. There you go. What does that mean? It means we're going to celebrate in heaven. We're going to party in heaven. No one's going to have to tell you, say it again like you mean it, people. It's on the live stream right now. There's people on YouTube watching. Got to pretend like everything's happy here. No, no one's going to have to tell us to do that. Why? Because it's a party. See, again, we have this misconception that, that, Hell is the party, and heaven is boring. Heaven's not boring. God's not boring. You're boring, okay? God invented parties. He knows how to celebrate. In fact, right now, in, in the kingdom of heaven, there's still the after party, after 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 the after party of the 18 people last week who surrendered their life to Jesus. The angels have not stopped celebrating because heaven is a party. It's full of joy. Matthew 25, 23. His master said to him, this is a parable that Jesus gave to explain our heavenly father and his kingdom. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I will set you up over much. Now enter into the what? The joy of your master. Heaven it's going to be a celebration. I mean, you think about when you go to a party, not when you host a party, very big difference, because you have to set up, tear down, clean up. Like, why, why did you mess up my couch, people? No, but you, you go to a party, and everyone is celebrating. It's that forever. There's going to be rejoicing in heaven. Are you excited for that? Yeah. 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 
in my head, I was like, do I start talking? Oh, no. If I stay silent, they'll applaud. That's interesting. I may use that in the future. Hey, here's a fourth, fourth and final thing that I want to talk about that's going to be in heaven. There's going to be a reunion. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says, But we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, amen, we believe that, right? Even so, through Jesus, listen to this, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, and, and not from Eric, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself, he'll come for us. He'll descend from heaven with the cry of command and the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet them and the Lord in the air. And we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. All the people that we, that we love, that have loved the Lord, that have gone before us, there's going to be a reunion. And when I think of my life personally, my stepmom who placed her trust in Jesus as she was battling cancer. I'm going to see her again. I'm going to hug her and she's going to have a perfect body. No more sickness. My wife's cousin Shay, who died in a drowning accident and left behind three amazing little kids who have been hurting since. There's hope. There's hope that they're going to hug their father again. That we're going to celebrate as he leads us in worship in heaven. I think of a dear familia member, Melissa Squadrito, who served our children so well, who loved kids here at the local church, who was a friend. Leon, we're going to see her again. We're going to celebrate. And Papa Ray, man. Just lost Papa Ray. But we're going to see him again. I'm telling you, he's, he's waiting at the pearly gates to open it up and say, hey, welcome to the perfect place for perfect people in Jesus. Uh, there's going to be a reunion. We get to be reunited with all those that we love that have gone before us in the Lord. But can I tell you, as, as much, like, like Carissa's video, as, as much of a joy as it's going to be to hug my loved ones, the fact that we get to see Jesus face to face, that's the greatest treasure. And really, that is what heaven is like. It's all of his presence for all eternity. We get all of God for all of time and beyond. And if that's not as exciting to you, I love you. But you need to know it's because you don't fully understand his great love for you here on earth. If you're not excited to see Jesus face to face, it's because you don't understand that when you see his face, it's going to be a smile of his great love for you that even though we betray him, even though we do our own thing, how he still runs after us 
and receives us with arms wide open, how he's done everything, everything necessary so that we could be with him forever. That's what heaven is. That's what I'm looking forward to see. That's what he wants us to experience forever. And for some of us, for that to start today. We don't have a whole lot of time, so question number three, where is heaven? Where is heaven? Is it in the sky? Is it, you know, in our galaxy? Is it in a different dimension? We don't know, right? We, we just don't know. A famous theologian, Belinda Carlisle, once wrongfully said, ooh, baby, do you know what it's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. And she's wrong. Heaven is not a place on earth. Where is heaven then? I don't know. You can write that down in your notes. The Bible doesn't tell us. But even though I don't know where it is, the Bible tells us how to get there. So fourth and final question. How do I get to heaven? How do I get to heaven? John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I don't know where it is, but I know the way, and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the way. I pray you never get tired of hearing John 3, 16. It is the summary of God's Love for us, it says, for God so loved the world, he so loves you, that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to live and to die for us and to rise again, that whoever, whoever, it's inclusive, the door's open, whosoever believes in, not about, but in him, this is not I believe in God or I go to church, no, I believe in him, I believe in what he's done, I've received it for myself, I've placed my faith in him, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal, have everlasting life. That's the way. It's not by your good works. I pray you understand that. I pray that, you, that, that, that we get as a church that if we ever get the opportunity to point someone to Jesus and they say, well, I hope I get there because I think I've been good enough that we know it's not about your works. You'll never be good enough. But Jesus has done all the good work for you. So it's not by our works. It's not by what religion we say we're a part of. Jesus didn't come down to establish a religion. He came to give us a relationship with God. The way we get to heaven is Jesus. In fact, I want you to write down this final point. Jesus is not simply a way to heaven. He is the way. There's many different religions and all, all roads lead to heaven. No, no. He is the way. He is the only way. But I want you to hear this. He is not just the way to heaven. He is the way, period. He is the truth that sets us free. He is the purpose that gives our life meaning. He is everything we've ever desired and the only one who can satisfy. The sadness that we experience on earth, the way out of that is through Jesus. The suffering that people endure in this lifetime, the way through that is Jesus. The forgiveness of our sin. The only way is through Jesus. He's the way. And you may have lost your way, but today you can be found by him. He's been, he's been searching. 
He's been knocking on your heart. And today, some of you, you feel that conviction. That's his spirit saying, I love you. Will you be my, my, my family? Will you accept my forgiveness? Will you receive my forever life? Would you stand to your feet right now? Today, God wants to give you the opportunity, not of your lifetime, but of your eternity, to surrender your life to him and to trust him for forever. And so here's what I want to do like we've been doing the past few weeks. Together as a church familia, I want us to declare out loud all together that Jesus is the way. So that those who are praying this prayer of surrender, that not only will they know that they have our support and celebration, but for those of us who are praying it as well, it will be a reminder to us of how Jesus has been the way. So I want us to pray out loud together. And today if you're here, you're, you want to surrender your life, we're, we're going to pray with you. And these simple words that you can say is just a confirmation in your heart and in your mind to the decision you've already made in your heart that will set you free forever. So church me, let's pray this out loud. Let's declare, Jesus, you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the only life. I've lived life for myself for so long, but today I surrender to you. I believe you are the Son of God that you lived, died, and rose again for me. And you're preparing a home forever. So I receive that today. I pray you forgive my sin. You fill me with your spirit. You transform me from the inside out. And you'd help me to know with confidence that I am a child of God forever. And nothing on earth will ever be able to take heaven away from me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Local Church Podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you learned today. You can connect with us at thelocalchurch.com or by searching The Local Church on your favorite social media platforms. We hope you join us next week for a brand new episode. And remember, You matter to God and you matter to us.